Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where every week we strive to lead younger generations on a path to virtue through the insight of Stoic teachings and personal stories from our lives as Gen Z Stoics. Welcome back to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, Stoic Readings. I am your co-host, Mateo, and picking up where we left off from the second Stoic reading, I will be reading again from Marcus Aurelius's Meditations today. I hope that wherever you are listening from today, if it's at home, in the car, at work, at school, that your day is going well so far, and that these two passages in which are going to be selected for meditations resonate with you in one way or another, however you choose to sort of reflect on these two meditations. Um, I hope that they are beneficial to you in some way. So without further ado, let's just get to the the wise words of Marcus Aurelius himself. So starting today, sort of jumping around from last time, I will be reading sections four and five. As these, these sections really resonated with me as I was reading the other day, and I really wanted to share these with all of you. We are skipping over three um, into four and five, which I believe are applicable to our lives today. If you want to go back and read section three of book two of meditations, absolutely go ahead. But the ones I would like to share with you today are from four and five. So starting with number four, and again, these can be read in any order, but I'm choosing to read them in chronological order simply for the dynamic of this podcast. And it's just easier to pick up where we left off. So starting with section four, remember how long you've been putting this off how many extensions the gods gave you, and you didn't use them. At some point, you have to recognize what world it is that you belong to, what power rules it, and from what source you spring, that there is a limit to the time assigned you, and if you don't use it to free yourself, it will be gone and will never return. That is all of section four, but there's a lot in here that we can break down, so let's see the first sentence. Remember how long you've been putting this off, how many extensions the gods gave you and didn't use them. Stokes believed in a form of gods, but not necessarily one divine being. They believed that the gods were in control of fate. And and when I say Stokes, I'm talking about specifically Marcus Aurelius and meditations is what he refers to. Talked about how the gods control fate, and so when he says the extensions the gods gave you, I sort of interpreted this as second chances or just chances over and over again to do something, to be something, to accomplish something, and you didn't use them. So this is highlighting the idea of procrastination. And I like to think that procrastination is a form of arrogance because you are assuming that you will just get another chance to do something. You're like, ah, you know, right now I don't really want to do this, but you know, in five hours I'll do it. You're assuming that in five hours, you will have the ability to do these things. That is a level of arrogance almost. You're assuming that nothing bad is going to happen to you, that everything's going to go your way, that you deserve, you know, an extra five hours to relax and be lazy. We all know that every Stokes believed in living every single minute and every single second like it was your last. So procrastination is sort of going against many different Stoic values saying, you know, one, I have all the time in the world Two. Nothing bad is going to happen to me because I deserve, you know, I deserve this life. I deserve everything I have, which is a very arrogant way of looking at life. And then he says, at some point, you have to recognize what world it is that you belong to, what power rules it, and from what source you spring. I'm interpreting this as not necessarily what power rules it. So you can believe in a God or a universe or nothing. But when he says what power rules it, that's sort of in my eyes, the, the divine law that time is limited. 
right? We, we are mortal. That is sort of the power that rules our world is that the living beings are all mortal. There is nothing on earth that is immortal and that can live forever. And from what source you spring, we, the source that we spring from is, and I've mentioned this in the last reading, is nature with a capital N. We all are a part of this nature, of this being. We are, it's not like we are separate from nature, coexisting with nature. We are products of nature. We are all from the same source. We are all humans. Lastly, he says, and if you don't use it to free yourself, it will be gone and never return. And he's talking about a time limit assigned to you. We have limited time here, right? I think the average age of the average lifespan in the United States is probably about 80 years, 75 to 80 years, if I had to guess. If we don't use this time limit, it'll be, it's going to be gone. We're, we're just, we're procrastinating. We're being lazy. You know, we're putting things off, assuming we're going to get more chances to do them again, which is absolute arrogance and a complete waste of time. Some people in less fortunate circumstances as I or as you only could dream of having the opportunities we have. And because we are in such a comfortable place, we decide that, oh, you know, I'll have tomorrow. Some people aren't guaranteed tomorrow and they would wish to be in your shoes. And if they were, they would be taking advantages of the opportunities you had. So being lazy, it's an insult to a yourself, but also to the people who believe in you. There is no reason to be lazy and to put things off. You must act. You must do and you must lead by example in the now because tomorrow is never guaranteed. If today was your last day on earth, would you really want to live it the way you've been living? Or would you want to go out, you know, leaving a mark, leaving something that's going to be remembered? Moving on to section five, concentrate every minute like a Roman like a man, on doing what's in front of you with precise and genuine seriousness, tenderly, willingly, with justice. We've talked about this in the podcast, not necessarily in Stoic Readings, but in all of our episodes, we've at least mentioned this a few times, is how you must concentrate every minute like a Roman. Concentrating on everything that you do, I think, is more of what, because he says what's in front of you with precise and genuine seriousness. It would be better to only accomplish five things in a day, but those five things you are putting your absolute you know concentration and focus and your precise and you're hitting every single little detail than to do 10 things but sort of go through them on autopilot right because you being intentional with the things that you're choosing to do with your day dictate the results that you're going to get from those things so when he said and when he says like a man it's not saying women can't concentrate i believe that like a man like a roman what he's sort of referring to as a Roman soldier because Marcus Aurelius was a war general, right? And so he's more saying like a, like a Roman, like a man, like these very focused soldiers. That's sort of what I get from it. He's not saying, you know, women can't focus, women can't be precise or serious, but that's sort of what he's alluding to. And you have to sort of know the context and the history of Marcus Aurelius to understand. Moving on, he says, and on freeing yourself from all other distractions, Yes, you can. If you do everything as if it were the last thing you were doing in life and stop being aimless, stop letting your emotions override what your mind tells you, stop being hypocritical, self-centered, irritable. Sort of relates exactly to what I was talking about with the last section. He says, freeing yourself from all other distractions. There are very few things that you can control in your life, but one of them is choosing who and what you surround yourself with. And if who and what you surround yourself with are distracting you, you have the choice to remove yourself from that environment. 
that's what's going to allow you to thrive. That's what's going to allow you to focus and concentrate every minute like a Roman is putting yourself in an environment full of abundance. You know, the abundance of opportunity, the abundance of, you know, new things coming your way that challenge you and sort of force you to focus. And then he says, if you do everything as if it were the last thing you were doing in life and stop being aimless, that that's sort of what I mentioned, right, is you're procrastinating, you're being arrogant, you know, assuming that your tomorrow is going to be here and you'll have another chance. Being aimless, I think, is living without purpose, right? You're sort of just wandering aimlessly, if you heard that term, amongst nothing. You're just wandering sort of in the path of life, letting the water or the river of life sort of guide you wherever you go. And there's nothing wrong with sort of riding the wave in the mindset that I cannot control what happens to me. I can only control how I react. But when you're only riding saying, oh, I have no idea where I'm going, so I'm going to let something else dictate where I'm going. That's where it becomes incorrect. Then he says, stop letting your emotions override what your mind tells you. This is a big concept in stoicism. When a lot of people originally, when we started this podcast, they said, well, does being stoic mean having no emotions? I mean, having no emotions can't be healthy. Obviously there's, this is where this is sort of the quote I would lead people to is it's not that you're not feeling emotion. As a, as a matter of fact, Marcus Aurelius is saying, He's acknowledging that we're going to feel emotions, but he says, stop letting those emotions override what your mind tells you. Stop letting your emotions overcome reason, your logic, your wisdom, right? If you're acting emotionally, then you're not using your reason to act intentionally and you're on, you're honestly going to make a lot of mistakes and decisions that you regret or look back and say, oh, I can't believe I did that. He says, stop being hypocritical, which as you know, be a man of your word, be someone who says they're going to do something and does it. Or if you're going to critique something, make sure you're not guilty of that criticism. I also mentioned that in the last Stoic reading was if you're going to criticize someone, then you better make sure that you're not guilty of the exact thing that you are criticizing someone for, right? If I were lazy and I criticized a lazy person, I'm no better. You see how few things you have to do to live a satisfying and reverent life? If you can manage this, that's all even the gods can ask of you. And that is the end of section five. He also says stopping irritable. And that is sort of the idea of, yes, feeling, you might feel angry, might feel irritated. That's fine. But you cannot let that, like he said, override what your mind tells you. You can't let it dictate your next action. Also, if you practice being more patient, you're going to find that things aren't as irritating to you. They don't really get underneath your skin. They don't really get underneath your skin like they used to. It sort of comes with uh, neuroplasticity, right? You're sort of rewiring your brain to think different ways, to respond and react in different ways. So the more you practice being, you know, calm and patient, the less you're going to be irritated in general, and it's going to be a lot easier to respond accordingly. He's, he asks us sort of a question here. He says, right, he says, you see how few things you have to do to live a satisfying and reverent life. He really didn't list that many things. It's a very simple principle and a very simple group of values to live by, to live, to be satisfied and to be fulfilled. And he says, if you can manage this, that's all even the gods can ask of you. You know, if you're putting out good and you're being good, then there is almost nothing else that can be asked of you. You are doing the most and the best, right? So if you're following this little guide that he gave us here in section five, then you're going to be just fine and there's nothing else that anybody could ever ask of you. So to conclude, there have been a lot of valuable lessons from these two sections in book two. And if you have any questions, please you know, reach out to us and 
ask us to interpret more or just leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. And thank you again for tuning in to this week's Stoic Reading. I've been your co-host, Mateo, and we will see you next week.